All right, welcome to the Heaven of Rock podcast. My name is Kevin and I help musicians improve their musicianship and their lifestyle. Today, we have a great episode because we have an up and coming hair metal band from Harrisburg, South Dakota, and they call themselves the Dumb Boys. What I like about these guys is that these guys are young. All right, these guys are in high school. And for you to be in high school and for you to be playing hair metal, that's pretty fucking rad. Listen, when I was in high school, I was the only rocker in my high school. Yes, there were other people that listened to Metallica and, and all the other bands uh, that were popular at that time. And I think that was the time when pop punk was starting to peak. So there weren't any other kids that listened to the same music that I listened to. I was into the bands that these guys were into. I was the only one who wore Motley Crue t-shirts, Alice Cooper t-shirts. I was the only one who had the hair down to my chest. I was the only one that wore leather jackets, tight jeans and stud belts all together. You name it. Okay, and I wish that I would have been in high school and I wish that I would have seen a hair metal band from my high school. That is pretty awesome. And you're going to hear me talk about this in the next episodes because it's very important to have a younger generation carry the torch of rock and roll. Listen, we can only see the great ones for so long because eventually the bands that we all love, they will get older and they will pass on. So it's very crucial to have the younger generation embrace the torch of rock and roll and to keep carrying it forward. All right, with that being said, let's get into it. The Down Boys, here we go. Yo, what's up, guys? What is going on? How are you guys feeling today? Uh, we're doing good. Can you hear us? Are we too loud, too quiet? I know. I can hear you guys out and clear. You guys are just fine. Awesome. All right, welcome to the Heaven and Rock podcast. Today, I am very excited because today we have the Down Boys in the house. Hell yeah. Uh, guys, can you do a favor, introduce yourselves, and yeah. So on the right of me, we got... Dewey Lee Dawson, bass guitar. Bass guitar. I'm the drummer, Owen the Machine Berg. Yeah, my name is Tommy Starr. I am the lead singer and uh, lead guitar player and the sex appeal of the band. Um, and to the left of me here, we have our manager. Um, we call him OP. What up? He does have the manager look because he has like the, has like the suit and he's wearing the shades. Yeah. Oh, he's and business that, all the that, time. That, that gives it away. Cool. Dude. So I'm very, very happy to have, um, well, to have you guys on the interview because uh, over the past couple of years, a lot of new rock bands have been coming through, through the surface. Uh, I think ever since The Dirt, I don't know if you guys have seen The Dirt, the, um, the Motley Crue film on Netflix, I think that kickstarted a lot of uh, young, younger generations to come out and start playing rock and roll. So I, I'm just very happy and very excited to see younger rock and roll bands trying to keep the genre to, you know, relevant to the mainstream. Uh, can you talk about how, you know, what was the inspiration and what made you guys go specifically uh, hair metal? Um, well, 
Uh, for me, uh, I always grew up listening to it. Uh, I would watch Bon Jovi, uh, you know, live in London. And uh, ever since I was a young kid, um, you know, I was all about rock and roll. Um, you know, that was pretty much my life growing up still is, you know, every time I get a paycheck, it goes straight in, straight back into the band, you know, new guitar, new microphone, skinny jeans, you know, that's what that's that's what the downboards are about. You know, we're about we are about rock and roll all the time, thousand miles an hour. We live fast, you know. Hell yeah. And so yeah, that's for me. And uh, you know, with that movie The Dirt coming out, you know, that that was really cool. Um, you know, seeing that for us, I think that kind of uh put a lot into like kind of what it takes, you know, like just having to just be able to bleed, you know, you have to bleed, cry, sweat over, you know, to make it to the top. And, you know, you know, us three here, at least, you know, we're, we're down to do that, you know, we're down to go all the way, you know, and so luckily, we have someone business here to, uh, you know, make it logistical, you know. But anyways, yeah, no, that's kind of our inspiration, at least for me. Um, sex, drugs and rock and roll, baby all day but stefano if you are in you know for the music for the long haul and not you know not just for the money then you'll definitely you know you definitely make it because you you know in order for you to succeed doing music you have to embrace that as your lifestyle and you have to you know you have to work a hard you know all the time because that's how all of the you know all of the bands that we listen to that's how they made it you know they uh they made their music their own lifestyle. Now, let's say that if I ask you, you know, what are your, I want to let me, what's the best way to ask this question? So if you could describe the sound of the Dumb Boys in three bands, what would it be? Oh, three words? Three bands. Oh, three bands? Of course. Shh, dude, not the fucking who. Van Halen one, 100% Van Halen. Do you want to say Motley Crue? I mean, we did take a lot of inspiration. It's funny you said that about the dirt. We did actually watch that as a band. That take was our homework from that. So, I'd say Van Halen for sure. Motley Crue. What about you, Dewey? Metallica, probably. That's fair. We're pretty. I, we're pretty metal when it comes to that. I freaking love Kurt Hammett. Dude, his solos, like especially the one on Creeping Death. Uh, dude, I, I love that stuff. That is heavy. That's heavy metal. Much definitely. And I was um, I was watching one of the, you know, one of the clips and, uh, and you know, you guys, uh, I can tell that uh, you guys put a, a good performance on one of the clips because you had uh, one of the, uh, I didn't really watch the full song, but on your Instagram page, you guys have one clip where, I think like the guitar player is playing a really sick solo and I can just feel the energy and, and I can just feel the, you know, the vibe of the entire band. You know, we have to get that a lot. Our uh, manager and guitar player were actually hanging out with Alice Cooper the other day. And they take that a lot from, they were talking, he said, you got to grab the audience by the throat. And Tom, I know Tom takes that really to heart when he's, you know, up there performing and leading the band. Oh, 100%. I mean, it's like, you, you know, you go to these, you know, pop concerts, obviously, I think 
the only exception here is Travis Scott, but you know, you go to any, you know, like mainstream artist concert and you're sitting in the audience and like, what the fuck is this? You know, versus like you go to a rock concert, you know, like guns and roses or van. I mean, I went to Van Hill I mean, Jesus, the guys are like 60 years old and they're putting the kick-ass show on. And so we're just so tired of seeing, you know, these people go out there and just put on a lousy show. I mean, we go out there, we literally grab you by the throat and we're going to tell you we're here. All right. You're going to watch us and we'll let you go in probably, you know, an hour or two. And that's how we do it. You know? And it's so cool that you guys are doing that because what happens is that, you know, when you go to, when I go to a rock show, I don't just want to see, I don't want to see dudes, you know, wearing jeans and t-shirts, you know, playing their instruments. You know, I want to see a show. I want to see, I want to see the band embracing their presence. And I want to, you know, I want them to express, to put a performance. And, you know, if you are a fan of, you know, Van Halen and, and Alice Cooper, they definitely, they, they, don't just play music, but they, uh, you know, they end up creating a theatrical performance and they end up, you know, going all the way so they can, they can capture your audience in a sense. So I am very, I am, I am very happy to, to hear that you guys are, that you guys are doing that. Uh, are you guys working on an EP right now currently, or what is the next, what's you know, going on in the next uh, couple of weeks for the down boys? You know, we do have a few originals, but just with all the shows that we've had booking up, we haven't had just too much time to, you know, get recording, but that's definitely in the plan for the near future, I think. Yeah. So, you know, um, for the most part, you know, I, I'd say I probably am writing most of the songs um, just from a lyrical standpoint. Um, but with all of us being in high school still, um, we find it hard to kind of, you know, also play shows and, you know, do the recording. Um, so I think for right now, you know, we put a lot of our focus on kind of promoting ourselves as a band. And then, you know, I mean, we're always writing. I'm always writing stuff. Uh, it's a good way for me to like escape. And so... I'm always writing. And so we got about three or four songs that we're ready to start recording in uh, the summer here. And we're pretty stoked to uh, introduce the down boys to the world. And, uh, you know, I don't want to say we're bringing heavy metal back because personally, I don't think it ever died. You know, if it did die, we wouldn't be here right now. And so, um, you know, we're here and uh, we're going to we're going to we're going to change the scene. I think that's our goal. It's just, you know, we're here to play heavy metal and play to a lot of people. That's what we're doing. That's the attitude, dude. And I think I heard you say that you guys are in high school. Did I, did I miss that or the? No. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're in high school. Dude, that's freaking rad. Like that's freaking rad because it sounds like you guys are a younger band. That means that, um, you know, and again, not, I'm not trying to say that, um, you know, that the older bands are bad, but the fact that, you know, you guys are younger, and again, there are more younger bands that are picking up uh, rock and heavy metal. It's the the genre continues to grow in a sense. So that means oh, that yeah, yeah like I mean, dude, it, you I, guys must have like totally really agree. cool shows in in high school. Yeah, you know, it's for us, it feels pretty good because uh, you know we live actually in the Midwest, and so there's not a lot of that going on other than uh, country and country's ass. And so, you know, people come and see us and they're like, holy shit, you know, 
I can't believe this. Like, I thought you were just like watching those Van Halen videos because you're lazy in school. And it's like, no, I'm doing my homework, man. Like, I'm figuring this out. Like, I'm here to put on a good show. And no one's like ever experienced this, you know, like people come up to us and like, do you write those songs? Like, you know, as much as I'd love to take credit for that, but you know, I can't, I got to give credit where it's due. It's like, no, man, that's Detroit rock city, you know? And it's kind of yeah. sad that people don't know that songs, but we're here to, we're here to show the young people, the young generation, what music's about. You're here to educate the kids and give them the gift of rock and roll in every show that you do. Dude, can you talk Amen. about, yeah, dude, like, can you talk about meeting Alice Cooper? Because when I remember when we were talking and then you told me that you met Alice Cooper, like, like on your, on, you know, when you were going to church, I was like, wow, dude, I wish I could have yeah. had that, had that encounter. That was freaking, that, that was freaking awesome. So check this out. So I'm sitting, so I'm, I just got to church and sadly I showed up late, but so I'm sitting down in church, right? And you know, the worship music's going on and I see this guy, he's got long black hair leather jacket looks exactly like Alice Cooper and I'm sitting there thinking and I'm like oh my gosh is this Alice Cooper and I'm like there's no way there's no way I only saw the back and side of his face I kind of tapped my mom on the shoulder and was like is that Alice Cooper and she's like no way no way he turns around to you know like greet us or you know like say good morning and I shook his hand and I looked right into his eyes and I was like are you Alice Cooper and he started laughing the moment and he was truth. like, yes, I'm Alice Cooper. And <laughs> I literally started to uh, hyperventilate. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, <gasps> I was like, oh, my gosh, this is Alice Cooper. He's sitting right in front of me. the chances of him being right in front of me. At church, like I was blown away. It was one of the coolest things I've ever. And we got to talking after and because he had a show there that day. And just him kind of giving, you know, me advice about, you know, what's it truly like to, you know, to kind of like live, uh, you know, live this lifestyle, you know, like what it takes, you know, just like, you know, sleeping in a van, you know, while you're out on tour, you know, stuff like that. And he talked to me about, you know, what it was like going on tour with Motley Crue and Marilyn Manson and just like how crazy it is. And like the fact that, you know, like it can happen, you know as crazy as it sounds, it's like, you know, he's just, you know, he was just a normal kid too. And look at him now, 50 million records later, you know? So it's kind of like, no, doesn't exist in this type of lifestyle. You know, you can't, the word no doesn't exist. You can't Much definitely. And I don't know if you've seen, but there's a documentary it's called, I think it's called hired gun and it has Nita Strauss, the uh, lead guitar player of Alice Cooper and a couple of other, couple of other people from you know from the from the rock music scene and if you guys have not watched it i highly recommend it because it talks about the sense that you know you don't necessarily have to pedestalize you know the idols that you look up to in a way because you know once you start uh you know putting them in the pedestal and it's great that you look up to them and everything else but what they're trying to say is that they're just people like you and me you know, they're all, they're simply um, people that work their asses off to get to where they are. And they, you know, they had one vision, they have one goal and they, they went out there to pursue it. And it's the same thing with like the dirt and everything else. It, it all began with a vision. It all began with that 
focus that you have in your mind to pursue after your goal. And I'm really happy that you got to talk to Alice about that because Alice is, uh, he's such a genuine dude. Like he is such a genuine dude. And, you know, if, uh, if the opportunity comes, he would definitely uh, give you, you know, the time of day and he would speak from, you know, from his heart, from his, he's not like one of those, um, one of those artists that are, that has like a huge ego and everything else. Alice is, Alice is awesome. Yeah. I'm glad that we got to meet him now versus like, if I'm sure the conversation and greeting him would have been different if it was back in the seventies, you know, much definitely. Yeah. So Yeah. <laughs> Cool. So now another thing that we were talking about when we were when we were messaging was that the fact that you know you are working out and you you are trying to maintain a healthy lifestyle and that carries into your performance. Can you talk about how that has happened? Yeah. So at least for me, you know, um, geez, I don't know. You know, me and my bass player here both. You know, we've lost a significant amount of weight and. Uh, if I'm being honest, for me, it at least started because, you know, girls won't talk to me. You know, they won't talk to me. Like, and so, you know, I, you know, I started working out. I started working out. Um, and another reason is, too, is like, you know, I don't want to be mean here. And I, I totally agree that, like, no one should judge you based on how you look. But when you look at the industry and you look at, you know, these really successful people, the ones who, you know, are looking good usually tend to succeed better. And for me, I kind of took that as like, okay, well, I could bitch and pout about how fucked up the system is, or I could take initiative when honestly, I did need to start taking care of myself. You know, I didn't need to do that. You know, I was overweight. I was obese. You know, I was gross, you know, and now that I've started to work out, my performing's better. I have a better like mental health about this stuff and I'm ready to rock and roll. And it totally feeds into it. I mean, especially the shows we put on a year ago, no way I would have been able to do that. No way. I mean, I would have been dying, you know? And so it's just another instance on where us compared to other people were prepared to take it all the way. Like he'll do anything. We'll do anything. Oh yeah, 100%. Hell yeah. And that's the attitude that you got to have. And dude, like this is, I feel like this, you know, health and, um, and musicianship, it's something that gets, sometimes it doesn't get, there is not a lot of attention that goes to that. But if you, you know, if you start looking at or watching documentaries of, you know, successful guitar players and, you know, and rock stars, they actually, they take care of their bodies and they take care of their own lifestyle. Because what happens is that, if you take care of your body is like a machine and if you take care of it, then you're going to be able to perform so much better. You know, like Nita Strauss, you know, she has her own, uh, you know, body shred challenge where she, she's beautiful. She is, she, she is awesome. Yeah. She is she's awesome. She stole the, she stole the show at Alice Cooper. That's for sure. Uh, eyes were locked. And 100%. if you, and the cool thing about it is that if you look at all the other things that she does, like she's always like during those two whole hours, she's always running around the stage, you know, freaking like flipping, you know, her guitar and whatever. That's and awesome. that, dude, that takes stamina. So a lot of, uh, I'm glad that you guys are, you know, trying to get into a better shape because the other thing is that, and I'm sure that you can agree with this as well is, you know, we all want to be, we all want to see the best, you know, we all want to be with the best. So 
you have to be the best, you know, within yourself. Oh yeah. 100%. And, you know, I think especially in this, you know, especially in this day and age where like, you know, you have people, you know, you know, saying it's okay to be lazy, you know, it's forget, you know, all the other, you know, all politics out of this, but you know, I think we live in a day and age where people are starting to get soft and they promote laziness. You know, there's a difference between being lazy and there's a difference between, you know, having a drive and having a purpose and having a vision for one thing. Why the hell would it make sense for me, you know, to, you know, like study hard and like AP calculus when, you know, I'd rather be reading, you know, poems of Dylan Thomas and, you know, listening to Bob Dylan songs when for me personally, that's going to help me, you know, be better. And like now today we live in an age where it's like, you know, you know, oh, it's, you know, it's, oh, it's okay if, you know, you don't achieve these certain things. And, you know, for me, I think that as a society, we need to be honest with each other and just come out and truthfully say like, if you want to get shit done, you need to do shit that no one's willing to do. And honestly, like for us, it makes it pretty easy for us to gonna be successful because you know it doesn't take a lot of hard work anymore, and that's kind of the sad truth. You know, I mean, we're willing to die for rock and roll. You know, and so it's gonna make us go to the top a lot easier, especially when there's you know no one's willing to put in the work, and it's sad because there's a lot of wasted talent and potential out there. You know, who knows? I'm not saying I'm gonna be the next Eddie Van Halen, and I you know I personally I find that blasphemy, but you know, I think that, you know, there could be someone out there, but who knows? Because no one's pushing each other to get outside their comfort zone. Exactly. And especially nowadays, like if you think about it now uh, with the smartphones and the way how technology is advancing now, like everything is a tap away on your phone, right? Like you want, you know, you want to order food. You can just go to your app and order food. If you want to, I don't know, like, you know, listen to music and just go in and, and, you know, look it up. I just pretty much everything is, is, is just a tap away from anything really. So I feel like a lot of people, I agree with you. A lot of people are getting lazy and they, you know, they're forgetting that great things take time and you have to embrace being in the dirt and you have to like embrace, are you working, you know, your ass off for what you want to achieve? So that's a, that's a very solid point. Yeah, no. And like, honestly, at least for me, you know, you know, I'm broke as frick. Like I have hardly any money and I spend my money on two things, gas for my car and I money on gear, gas and gear, gas and gear. That's how we live. That's how we live. It's gas and gear. And you know, we, we don't mind being in the dirt. We, this is where we thrive, you know, because if you can succeed with a little bit, imagine what you can do with a lot. Much definitely. And I wish that most bands would have this attitude because, you know, when I'm talking to you, when I'm talking to you, you guys can already see that you guys have that you guys have the drive and the attitude just based on the way on how your perspective is set, you know, and that's how the yeah, dude, that's like the attitude that you have to have when you're at the top. And that's the attitude that you have to have when you're at the bottom. That's what, you know, this podcast is about. And that's what that's where I try to 
show to you know most of uh, my listeners because it's about you know it's about your mindset and it's about the way how you commit. Another thing that I think is very interesting, and I think that you would also, you guys would also agree with this principle, but I don't think you have to be motivated to start, you know, to start working on your songs and and on what you want to set to motion. Because what happens is that as a as a new band or as a new artist, you can be motivated when you think about the idea of being motivated, but then after that, it's just work. And you have to put in the work when you don't feel like it. And you have to write songs when you don't feel like it. And the same thing goes when you feel like writing songs. You know, you always have to, you have to commit to your passion and you have to commit to your craft. Like you have to show up and play a show, whether it's, you know, whether there are six to eight people and you have to show up to a show when there is a good crowd, you know? Yeah, no, 100%. And, you know, I told these guys when we first started is like, you know, we were worried about like, well, you know, we're in high school and we're playing at bars, you know, who's going to show up? And, you know, it's doesn't matter if you're playing to four people, because if you can't rock a house with four people, what the hell is going to give you the right to go out to Wembley Stadium and rock out to 90,000 people? It just doesn't make sense, you know? It just doesn't make sense. And if if these bands, you know, out here today that, you know, I think a big problem, we were talking to the guys down at Guitar Center about this is, you know, so many people nowadays are just feeling so entitled, you know, like, yeah, no, yeah. you have to earn that, you know, you have to earn that right. You don't just get the right to be a new band and instantly, you know play at you know a club that seats 2,000 3,000 people you know you have to play the dive bars you know you have to literally crawl your way out of the shitty dive bars and if you can't find joy in that then I don't think this is for you and I'm sorry back to another point I just remembered sorry yeah is, I love how you talked about you know it's you know motivation will inspire you first but then it's work after that and i totally 100 agree because i think motivation and inspiration are about 20 percent, if even that the other 80 percent of actually what will get you to success is dedication hell yeah much definitely much definitely now can you talk about, and I, I wanted to ask you this earlier, actually, what is the current gear that you have right now? Oh, yeah. Fun we question. Go all day. Berg, talk about your drum set. Well, I got a 100% Birch Stage Custom on right now. Oh, a Stage Custom. Yep. You know, yeah. classic, you know, the gigging kit is what we like here. You know, my drum teacher actually had it. A while ago and i always liked how it sounded on the live performances so i just got it myself i have evan's g2s on it the coded ones you know i just like the punchiness of it especially with the birch combo on it i have a remo power stroke on my snare just because i like the tone out of the remo a little bit 100 um i have a full um zigilin a customs symbol kit with all those everything in there 16 inch crash 18 inch crash riding hi-hat 
Dude, talk about your kick, bro. Your kick sounds legit, bro. Yeah, you know, we were either thinking about going with the 22 or the 20, and you would think yeah. most rock bands would go with the 22, right? Yeah. We actually decided to go with the 20 just to go with something a little bit different. You know, I like the punchiness of it compared to just how tight it really is. And people oh, yeah. underestimate how much tone. No, dude, facts. Like, I was like, I remember I, like, almost kicked him out. I was like, dude, what the hell? You got a 20-inch? Exactly. But, dude, we played with it, and it was so punchy. And you know what? A lot of people are going to disagree with us on this. But we actually don't even have it ported. We actually don't even have the kick ported. One, because we're kind of lazy. Two, we kind of like the like muffled sound a little bit. You know, you know, we like to yeah. keep things just a little bit muddy, you know, keep it a little bit muddy. Mm-hmm. You are creating your tone, you know, you're building your tone. Mm-hmm. So like you have to, Not yeah, whatever, whatever you feel works for you, then you have to, yeah. Now, what about bass? What about those low ends? I'm a big fan of, I'm, I know a lot of guitarists and bass players really go to tubes for live sound, but some of the only solid state amps that I will really play through are acoustic. I really like um, their 200 watt. Guitar Center brand? Acoustic? No. Oh, I thought acoustic was Guitar Center brand. I, I, don't, not, I don't believe so. No. Are you sure? But when I'm not doing that, um, that's heavy. Everybody complains about how heavy Ampeg amps are, like they're 100 pound heads, all tubes. Until you play through one, you have no idea what you're missing. I'm serious. Like that old SVT sound, you got Geezer Butler, every great bass player in the book. It's tried and true. Um, I've I've been blessed to have been able to use that a couple times live when I feel like lugging that around. You know, that's another part of staying in shape is you need to be able to carry all your. You need to be able to carry your gear. Yeah, <laughs> but not for long. We're gonna get roadies. Yeah. Uh, bases. Um, bases. What I have right here is kind of my beater base, but it looks the part is a Dean Custom Zone. It's uh, do that obviously neon green. I neon green, stick, yeah. These are um, obviously coated neon green DR strings. I really like Black Beauties that I play on my Fender Jazz bass that I bring out sometimes. Um, Dude, don't hit me with your stuff. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, yeah, that's, that's about it. I, you know, you really can't go wrong with the classics. Is kind of my approach to a lot of things. When you're playing bass yeah. in a rock band, you don't you don't need to be crazy John Entwistle or Billy Sheehan all the time. You got to serve the song, you know. So that's why I really like P style and jazz bass style basses, you know, you know. Dude, what's wrong with Billy Sheehan? Nothing's wrong with Billy Sheehan. I didn't say anything was wrong with Billy Sheehan. Okay, good, because I thought you were going to say something's wrong with Billy Sheehan. <laughs> you know what I? Speaking of Billy Sheehan, what I find really interesting about his setup is on his bass, he has kind of a um, two. Yeah, yeah, he's two got jacks. Yeah, yeah. Um. One's, you know, obviously he has like the P bass style pickup in there, but above it he has like a like a Gibson EB style mudbucker. Um, those really have their applications. I, I used to have a Gibson EBO. I played a little bit. I I didn't exactly thought it fit the down boy sound, but once I heard Billy Sheehan kind of mess with it, I kind of kicked myself for selling it because it's crazy what you can get out of really simple gear if you really work around it. And I guess that's that's the underlying point of. My oh, yeah. setup I heavy so yeah tommy tell us what you got yeah so um well you know 
I've always been a big fan of Slash. Um, you know, listening to a lot of 80s rock, you know, obviously the Super Strat, you know, Floyd Rose, light guitar, you know, like 24 frets. Um, but, you know, I think it kind of takes away from the actual, be, actual like ability of playing guitar. And so, you know, I've, I, I've always loved, one, the look of a Les Paul. I mean, you look at Beautiful. that guitar and yeah, dude, the flame. You can never go wrong with a Les Paul, dude. Like no, Les Paul is like iconic. And the fact that you don't get a Floyd Rose is, for me, it's like you can't rely on that. Uh, you listen to like a lot of 80s rock and, you know, you know I think that sometimes like a lot of people, um, you know, like the band Poison, uh, you know, they have great stuff. Personally, I think C.C. DeVille is a shitty guitar player and he just uses a Floyd Rose the whole time. Kind of, and he just relies on that, you know. And I think that kind of really takes away from like something that's good, you know. He kind of like took it and turned it bad. So that's why I rock and roll with a Les Paul, you know, most of the time. Um, but there are, of course, times where you do need that Floyd Rose. And so I have a, a Richie Sambora Fender Stratocaster signature. Oh, sick. With a, a one way Floyd. So it's only one way. I don't, I don't get to pull up. One, the setup is so much easier. Holy cow. It's going to save so much time. Your guitar would probably be thanking you. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Two is being able to pull up, you know, like again, you know, uh, I look at a lot of new people who, you know, get into 80s rock and instead of actually bending the string, they're pulling up on the whammy bar. And it's like, dude, no. And so I think it really does connect you one to more with the guitar is if you don't have that. So I rock and roll with, uh, I got it. Um, a 2021 Gibson Les Paul uh, 50 standard and you know we play with a lot of gain so I actually took out the bridge pickup the bridge PAF and I put in a Steve Vai evolution pickup and wow we play things like Motley Crue and stuff like that I mean that thing just screams oh I always wanted to try that pickup oh yeah you should it's amazing and then, you know, I'm pumping that baby through a tube screamer and then straight into my Marshall JCM 900 Mark III. Oh, the, J so, the JCM 800? Dude, that's, that's freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I remember it was at Guitar Center today. Or no, not, not. We saw it at Guitar Center, and I was like, I need that. You know, like, what are the chances that one of those is going to come in here? And so, I mean, I pretty much... I had to sell everything in my room, you know, to get that thing in. It was well worth it. He won't even, he won't even come over to practice without his amp. Like he can't play one of my amps. He loves that amp so much. Of course. He will lug it in my room. Even It's massive. It takes up half my room and I just, yeah, it's the only way he'll practice. She yeah, dude, I was working at Sam Ash Music for a while and I got the opportunity to try on a lot of like amp heads and everything like that in the JCM 800. That, that is a gem. That is like, that's awesome. It sounds like you guys really have a good, you guys really have a good gear. Good oh, yeah. gear. So you, I can, you know, your shows must be, your shows must be totally, totally sick. Now, um, what upcoming shows are you guys, uh, do you guys have coming up now? Um, well, um, we got, we're playing with, uh, some bands are actually coming through town. Uh, a lot of them are coming on tour and actually we were just rated 
one of the best local bands here. And so that's kind of an honor for us. Mm-hmm, um, I think one of our biggest shows is we're playing with this band coming out of uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, they're coming. They actually heard about us. And we're like, whoa, that's awesome. So they're actually doing a country tour. Oh, God. What's their band name? Um, it's a uh, Revere something. I don't know. They're really good. They're, act- they're pretty like heavy. They're like, how would you like? Like a like metalcore maybe they're like like a day to remember type yeah. kind of like so they're more like pop punk and metalcore yeah. probably yeah okay yeah gotcha and then uh, we're playing with this band called Airship Caravan uh, we're actually going to Minneapolis to play with them they do like a lot of house house mm-hmm. house tours stuff like that so we're pretty excited to go up there and do that um and then uh, we actually got put on uh. We're uh, we're headlining this uh, car show, um, so we're really excited for that. Um, massive, massive yeah, car show. Yeah, massive car show. How many people like? Yeah, three, four thousand people are gonna be showing up to that. It's gonna be wild. I mean, yeah. it's gonna be crazy. Um, that's then, a good number. It's yeah, we're, like, yeah, that's we're a really good number. And you know, we feel honored that we got picked that. But honestly, you know. And I don't mean to sound like an asshole here, but you know, I do have confidence that we're gonna rock the shit out of that show. You know, we're gonna. Dude, rock if it. if you are, I mean, if you're a band, if you're a musician, you have to own up to what you do live, and you have to own up to your skills. So, in yeah. a sense, like, dude, I don't. You know, sometimes I don't think that you know when you own up to your skill, and when you own up to you know, let's say that you play a show, and you're like, yo, dude, you know what? If we we fucking rocked it. Personally, that's the way how you should represent yourself because you're owning up to your craft and you're owning up to who you are as a band and as an artist. So with all power to you, like I definitely I definitely take you up on the fact that you guys do great shows. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, uh, we're working with this events company right now. Um, it's kind of still in the process. Things are a little bit money with, uh, but, you know, if that all works out, um, We'll be playing. Uh, so we live in like Sioux Falls, and so it's a town of like what, two hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand, something like that. So uh, in the summer they have these big block parties, and um, uh, if if all works out well, uh, we'll be put on the bill for one or two of the days. So we're pretty pumped about that. Um, and you know, and of course, just like the local bars and stuff around the area, like up in Madison, Sioux City things like that, you know, just really getting our name out there. And so we're pretty excited for what we have coming up and especially with recording, we're starting recording up soon. Um, no, we're uh, super pumped. Uh, we're probably gonna, we're probably gonna record one of our live shows. Yeah. So that is, that sounds great. Now, um, before we, you know, before we leave the interview, I will make sure that I uh, will put up the like the touring dates on the description so that way you know your audience and new audience can see where you guys are at and can definitely come and catch you guys out there when you are when you are playing shows for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um would you say email that to you? Uh well you can either email it to me or you can send me, you know, you can send me the dates and yeah. Yeah, in Instagram okay. message, just Perfect. so I can put it under the description, and that way, um, you know, people know where to go and and all of that stuff. 
Yeah, 100%. Cool. Now, last question. If you guys could do a call-up with anybody, who would it be and why? Yeah, what do you mean, like, call-out? Like, if we could, like, play with someone or just, like... If you could write a song with someone or a band... Who would you have and why? All right. My taste is a little bit different from the other guys. I'm a little bit more old school sometimes, but personally, if I could write, if I could sit down and write a song with anybody, I would have to pick Pete Townsend with the hoop. Oh yeah. Yeah. Amazing composer knows he, you got, you have to be able to know how the puzzle pieces of music fits together. You have to know what goes where and someone like that would really kind of help round out the edges, you know, it's more where I'm coming from. Of course, these guys are probably going to say something more heavy metal, I suppose, but yeah. No, what about the other guys? I feel like, you know what, that was, uh, that was a very broad question. I feel like every member has probably like a different, a different, different answer. Purse, who would you want to manage? You know, that's a tough question. Um, are we talking today's today's band? Like bands that are alive right now? No, anyone. Yeah, anyone. If you think about anyone, I think would you if I was born and I was alive in like the seventies or eighties, I love like Kiss, Molly Crew, Van Halen, just like this guy over here. They're just Heavy. amazing. It just it brings energy. That's where these guys get the inspiration from. And it's just it'd be a thrill. Yeah, but think about managing Kiss the shit they would give you you know the hell you would be going through hell more than that band ever did probably yeah i think i'd be going through a lot of shit with those guys but at the end of the day it'd be quite the experience that's why he's our manager right there he's in it all right berg you know again a little bit different taste from both of these band members i'm gonna go with kurt cobain just how different he was and how he changed the whole entire music scene we want to we want to kind of do what he did in a sense i mean not in the same exact way but we want to be like him and change the music scene again yeah kurt is um well he did end up killing well i don't want to say you know he did but nirvana ended up having a big influence on um on the birth of grunge and the oh, end yeah. of of uh, glam metal but in terms of uh, the way how you know he had um he had a huge impact in the music scene as a whole. So yeah, dude, honestly, a- Kurt going out there and like killing glam metal. I mean, you know, we, we play mostly hair metal, you know, but the fact that, you know, you know, he killed pretty much the hair metal scene was probably the most heavy metal thing anyone could ever done. And honestly, we respect him for that. That's badass. That's rock and roll. Yeah. You know, throughout the history of music, everything changes. It doesn't stay the same things have to change that's why we went from the early beginnings of hard rock to early heavy metal like black sabbath to punk and then kind of back to hair metal once that died off it's just things go back and forth it's a constant cycle of change and you have to do things as an artist to keep things fresh and you mom order the pizza why would you ask excuse me um so especially like the hair metal and grunge comparison i think it's it's really interesting that it's very similar to what happened with like proto metal hard rock going into punk you know yeah um hair metal 
had a lot more radio kind of immortality than it's kind of poppy it was yeah it was something it was like a more refined um kind of blend of punk and everything that came before it because people could you could play it on the radio you could it, it was fun music that you could listen to with your friends but still had that rebellious edge to it you know that's what we really like about it and that's that's why we base our image off of that now with grunge kurt cobain all those other bands like pearl jam uh you have to have that sort of duality in your music. You need to be able to appreciate both sides, you know? So that's, that's what I would say about that. Facts. Um, all right. So for me, gosh, just so many good people. Um, I think from a songwriting perspective, um, oh, man, you know, I think, I think Aerosmith, I love Aerosmith. Steven Tyler is such a cool dude. Um, there is Steven Tyler is a powerhouse of a singer. Yeah. It's like the dude's, uh, yeah, even now the dude's like, it's killing it. It is a um, yeah. great, great singer. Um, oh, man. Me and uh, Dewey Lee here over here, uh, we were talking about this, but John Sykes from Whitesnake. Holy shit. Talk about an amazing songwriter. Um, but, you know, I think overall, oh God. We we may have probably Sammy it up. Hagar. Dude, Sammy, yeah, Sammy Hagar. Oh man, it's um yeah, Ben Halen went to I think they went through like three different singers or two two different singers, but Sammy Hagar is uh is awesome. I prefer Ben Halen with uh, David Lee Roth, of course. But of course. Um, dude, like Sammy Hagar, like you, you can't go wrong with Sammy Hagar. No, Van and Van Hagar was like honestly, like I don't even consider them the same band. I mean, the music was absolutely different. The writing was different. I mean, it went from a party band to like, you know, you know, we had you had David Lee Roth talking in about you know ain't talking about love, and then Sammy Hagar comes in, and it's like, when is it love? You know, and so totally two different bands but you know i think when you add in you know sammy hagar's solo career and what he's doing now i mean he's a huge inspiration for you know you know he's still rocking it you know and so yeah yeah well first of all i want to thank you guys so much for being in the haven of rock podcast uh again if yeah. uh yeah, we are going to be posting the next coming tour date so you guys can go and check out these guys on the road if there are any upcoming bands that have the rock and roll attitude, these guys are it. Dudes, good luck with everything and keep killing it. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, man. man. All right, guys. It's time for rehearsal. Let's rock and roll. Thank you so much, man. And that is it for today's episode. If you want to catch the Down Boys on tour, make sure to read the episode description. And with that being said, don't forget to spread the love and I will talk to you in the near future.